Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a fly complaining about there being soup in his waiter, Jay. And joined as always is my co-host, soup not wanting to wait for all the flies he ordered, Z. How are we doing today, Z? Um, well, as you know, I, I have been better. You have been better. I, I understand that's the, the the thing we have to do, the theater of the mind we have to do to start the show every week. Right, the parasocial relationship we have to build the audience. I have been better because of circumstances you're aware of, but... I'm doing all right. I mean, I'm sure people will obviously be able to tell I'm a little under the weather is is really the crux of it. But yeah. I'm all right. I'm in high spirits mostly. That's good. And by that, I mean, not really. I'm I'm actually quite irritable right now. But <laughs> We had some trouble before we recorded here. I've been irritable all day. Don't you worry about that. That was oh, beside the point. That only helped. I will say, though, despite, despite my unfortunate circumstance, I did have some good news I wanted to share with everybody this week. Okay. If you'll indulge me. Of course. I, um... I saved a small rabbit this week, Jack. Did you? A tiny little bunny fell into my pool, and I fished it out and saved it. Did you resuscitate it? Did you bring it back to life? I didn't have to do that. So, like, my stepfather was out watering uh, the plants, and, and they appeared to have taken uh, taken up refuge in in a section of, of our yard for that reason. And, like, three little rabbits, like, apparently, like, darted out, startled by it, and one of them just beelined into the pool and just leapt in there, not realizing what it did. And so it was just like paddling around. I went in there to grab it. And then like, cause he was paddling and all he's got, little, I don't know what you'd call him. Like claws are probably strong of a word, but he's got like nails. Right. Yeah. So when I went to grab him. He's he kick it with the nails. It kind of surprised me. So I was like, Oh gosh, do I have to be wary of those? So I, I retracted and I, and I, and I psyched myself up for a second go. And then at that point it just stopped moving. It like lost yeah, consciousness it, in the pool there. Oh, and then I was oh, like, Jesus. Yeah. So then I scooped it out and I was like, well, this is easier now that it's not moving. <laughs> but <laughs> And it was still breathing and all, so I was like, "All right, maybe, maybe, maybe this isn't so bad." But I, I, I did worry for a second that my that my moment's hesitation killed the poor thing. But he was breathing, and I like I like poked his chest a couple times, nice and gentle, and it was like he was kind of reacting. So I was like, "All right, he's probably still there." And then it got up eventually, but it was it was still standing very still. And I was like, "Oh, it's probably at this point just scared of me." Yeah, this a large. Frankly, yeah, that might be, yeah, what like what made him go unconscious is he just was so overwhelmed both by trying to swim around. I mean, also it was being a tiny little rabbit, he really probably doesn't have much energy to like swim for a long time. No, no, not at all. They're not exactly built for that. I will say that I was surprised it was. I mean, it stayed upright, like, and it didn't drown or anything. Like, I mean, it it was keeping its head above water for a while there, which is pretty good. Animals really do just be knowing how to swim. Yeah, but I've I've seen, I've heard something that chimps don't. Like oh. baby chimps and human babies are are like very different in that way, despite obviously genetically being very similar. If you, apparently, if you throw like a like a human baby in the water, it'll, it'll like, do all right. It'll flail and like kind of try to keep itself afloat and swim like naturally. Uh-huh. But yeah. if you throw a baby chimp in the water, that bitch will sink. Wow. He ain't trying. He accepts his uh, fate and sinks. But so at some point, I retreated into my house and watched from a window, and then eventually he like stood up all right and uh, shook himself off and hopped away. So he's all right. And then a hawk came and took him away. Well, that's why I stood there for a minute because I, I was actually a little. I was like, well, if I've gone through the trouble of fishing him out, I don't want a bird to come get him while he's laying here unconscious. Yeah. Get the easy kill. Um, but so that's pretty good. I think that means I've entered into like some kind of like pact with the with the rabbits, some kind of unspoken alliance with the forest creatures. Yeah. Well, just the rabbits. Let's not let's not speak for all of them. So someday in my hour of greatest need, the rabbits will come to my aid, I think, right? And out, yeah. I mean, he's a rabbit, so he'll have children and descendants in <laughs> Oh my God. For e- oh my God. Can you imagine? Oh, even, oh. even but a few years from now, 
his his descendants will be as numerous as the as the stars <laughs> as the stars they, themselves and they'll all remember me for saving him i didn't even think of it like that but that's that's quite good actually that'll come oh, in very yeah. handy that'll very very when handy you someday. overthrow the u.s government maybe, maybe. i mean we'll maybe. see what happens our I greatest mean, need, our greatest at, need this, at this rate someone's got to do it right maybe we'll see we'll whatever see. my hour of greatest need is you know <laughs> But if it's just like, oh man, I can't figure out my taxes, and just a bunch of <laughs> rabbits show up, and it's like, well, it wouldn't be much help there, would they? Thanks, guys, but you don't know how to do taxes, and they're like, oh, we don't, we don't know how to do any of that. It's like, oh well, I guess I can claim you all as dependents, maybe. <laughs> That'd be all right. I guess that's the greatest need. And you're like, yeah, well, and be like, I guess, I mean, then you'd know, be like, well, I guess my life's gonna be pretty good because, I mean, if if taxes are the biggest thing I gotta worry about, yeah, that's know, that's true. That's that pretty true. good. If that's how their magic works, at least. Yeah, <laughs> the ancient wood magic. You're like, yeah, you're like a worse parent. <laughs> like parents, like a wolf brother. And you're like a rabbit fella. It's like a it's rabbit, like, a rabbit companion. Yeah, it's like so you can you can hop kind of high and I don't know, wow. you're you're real fond of like vegetables and leafy greens. Anything to that? It's like I don't know. I just been you know working out. I think stretching. <laughs> so uh, we are doing. So let's go back to doing the show. We're talking about rabbits for a lo- longer than I'd expect us to. <laughs> Truthfully, uh, so we saw Bullet Train. Yes, we week. did on Tuesday. It's the newest film by director David Leitch, Leitch, something like that. Something I don't like know that. How you're supposed to say it. Uh, the director of Deadpool two, uh, producer of John Wick one, maybe one, two, and three, perhaps. Not that you uh, know. Yeah, former. All right, let's keep it together. Former stuntman, former Brad Pitt stuntman from Fight Club. Oh, really? Very good. Yeah. I, I was watching some interviews, and he was like, yeah, we met at Fight Club. He was my stuntman. Very good. They're old buddies. Um, I wanted to just start this off real quick uh, with a bit of theater theatrics. I don't know if, no. if it's got to you. I, nothing in particular. I just wanted to say, in general, um, it was a very lively crowd. Oh, uh, yeah. For, for this, um, like you said, you Tuesday showing of Bullet Train. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, you seemed very, uh, what is the word, irritated? Yeah, uh, at the end, I could tell you were like, you were like, who are they? Oh, gritting your there's teeth a, and tense in your neck. Well, yeah, there was a couple times they were trampling over dialogue and stuff with their hooting and hollering. And I was like, what are you guys so excited about? Yeah, some of the, sometimes people were laughing. I was like, those jokes, that wasn't that funny. That's kind of how I felt. So, I, mean, God, I mean, good on you. I don't want to be like a, a weird, like, Whoa, stop yeah, laughing. Cease your enjoyment of the film. Me too. So, like, I tried to keep a lid on it, but. Yeah, it definitely stood out to me. Again, I was just, if anything, more than anything, I'm surprised. Like, it just seemed weird. I didn't think this was going to be that kind of movie. And, like, looking at the actual um, numbers, it's not, like, a massive smash hit yet or anything. So I don't know what it was that attracted. I mean, we were just going to see it for the show, and we were just trying to find a good night for it this week. And then, like, I was, for whatever reason, they had Monday and Tuesday night showings of Bullet Train for reasons I really have no no understanding of um so we just set up but like i don't know why there were so many people who were like enthusiastic about seeing bullet train on tuesday evening but you know god bless them but i will say another theater theatric is that one that we kind of caused within ourselves because we almost missed we almost we just kind of missed the beginning of the movie kind of we We went to the bath i really think we shouldn't have done that we walked past the bathroom let's go to our seats first i think that was a rookie mistake because we had a double back and we got in and and the movie had begun I hear you. I do feel you. But what you're forgetting is that I had, you and I had, no, mostly just you actually had pockets full of my burritos that we wanted to offload before we went into the dingy movie theater bathroom. I mean, fair enough. I didn't want to piss on my burritos, Jack. I'm sorry. Okay. I I was the one holding the burritos. 
th- exactly the cause of my concern. I know what you get up to. <laughs> they were in my pocket. I was going to take them on, but I'm going to put these on the toilet for safekeeping. I don't know. Well, you've revealed my plan. That was my plan all along. But um, it, to our credit, though, it was it was exactly like 10 minutes after the starting time. I maintain that 10 minutes is usually plenty of time because or like not enough time yet for the movie to have started. Because sometimes it feels like we sit in that goddamn theater, Jack, for a good 20, 30 minutes after the supposed start time and the shit doesn't actually start. So I feel like we can be forgiven for not not knowing. I don't know. No, I definitely, I definitely agree. I feel like tra- I feel like they just shove as many goddamn trailers as you can. Some of that don't maybe, even feel like they're related. Maybe because this was a actually was this, is this an R rated? Oh, maybe that too. Yeah, I think it maybe is it R because they sw- they do a lot of blood and swearing. So I guess they yeah yeah it is R. So uh, maybe that's a factor for what kind of trailers they bother showing in in front of it. I really don't know, but yeah. It was surprising to me. I was like, this is the fastest a movie's ever started in my goddamn life. Of oh, course, yeah. it's the time we go take a pee, but it is know. what it is. What are you going to do? I mean, it's that much. I think we, like, just barely made it. Oh, just barely. Yeah, I think so. So we I still got all of this. Because yeah, it was even before Brad Pitt was introduced. I was like, all right, we didn't really yeah. miss that much if Brad Pitt's not even been introduced yet. That's, I agree. So, um, but anyways, so the actual film. Yeah. <laughs> so this film, it's like a, um, it's like an ensemble kind of um action crime movie um with like a dark comedy kind of component i'd say right about it i mean about the titular bullet train it's a bunch of people on a bullet train doing getting up to hijinks involved with each other and maybe somehow they're all connected in in unseen ways yeah they're all they're all assassins is really the the main yeah they're all criminals i mean yeah they're all criminals they're all crimes. Like I said, it's like a crime thing, which I, I we've talked about when we saw Ambulance. I generally like crime movies. And this kind of um I told you before we saw it, I was it reminds reminded me of um what's his name? I forgot his name again, but who are you trying to think of? The guy who I said this movie reminds me of. Guy Ritchie. Yeah, kind of Guy Ritchie and kind of the other one. Edgar Wright? Yes. Thank you. Excellent. Guy Ritchie and Edgar Wright. I feel like it's got those kind of vibes. I right? I saw someone um some posts did a re- some post on Instagram did a review of it, and he just said like, "Oh yeah, it feels like a like if Guy Ritchie made a Quentin Tarantino esque movie." Yeah, sure, that too. Why not? Yeah, so Why crime not? again, like crime. Actually, I I do agree with the Tarantino comparison because again, it's like um, this ensemble cast where they're all kind of tied in together, maybe like a, which is obviously kind of like a Pulp Fiction sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say generally, I I had a, a quite good time with this. I just thought it was pretty good, right? If I had yeah, one definitely. caveat. To my enjoyment, it was that it's it was a bit more uh, kind of absurd with some of the action than I was anticipating, where there was a couple of like bordering on goofy sort of moments um, that took me out of it a little. But other than that, yeah, that was quite good. The one problem I would have if I had any, I don't know a lot, uh, is like the fake out death, two, the two fake out deaths they have, uh, which I was like, okay, I wasn't I wasn't a crazy big fan of, and there was a particular. Okay, thing that- well- we don't have to get into it if you want to say for some spoilers, but I would argue that the one fake out death was well telegraphed to maybe not be. A, oh, like, yeah. I think yeah. it worked in the film, really. I, yeah, I do think the one. Oh, OK, we'll just do spoilers then. Spoilers from here. I mean, on we out. usually just do spoilers. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Lemons that I think once it happened, I was like, oh, well, clearly they're paying off the comment about the, the vest from earlier. It was both. It was double. They were paying off. Yeah. yeah. The setup and payoff of the bulletproof vest comment, and the setup and payoff of he drank all the sleepy juice. So, oh, and they also um kind of pay off the comment when his brother when Tangerine gets shot in the neck when he's like, 
oh, I, no one, what are you going to get shot in the neck? And then he does get shot in the neck. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that kind of pays him all off. So I don't really mind. But then like the fact that the other guy lived, I was like, how did you, how did you live? You got, you're bleeding out a lot. You're bleeding out for longer than he was because he just had a vest on. Uh-huh. So I was like, well, you, maybe you shouldn't be alive. But I mean, it didn't but when, to, be, to be fair, when she stashed him away, he was still, he was still like conscious. Like he, he never, we never saw him be like dead, dead looking. Like when they stashed, when she stashed him away, he was still kind of like writhing. And then when they got him out, he was still writhing. So, I mean, I was signing that too. That's Again, true. like that's, I don't know. That's the, that's not the most ridiculous thing that happens in this movie. If you ask me. So, well, that, that that's true. Another, uh, just one thing that I think that really stood out to me that kind of bothered me was that like lemon, his big thing is like Thomas, a tank engine or whatever, which is a funny uh-huh. bit. But he says like the same line, I swear to God, like three or four times, like like almost verbatim, where he talks about like I watch Thomas and I know how to read people. Right. It's not the exact line, but he says one line like over and over again, exactly the same way. And I was like, and I noticed it the third time. I was like, that's the that's the third time he said that. And I'm like, did they? Rule of they what rule of three? Well, I guess, but I don't. I don't know. I feel like saying the exact line three times. Like he was like saying it, it to different people. Did he say it to different people? Well, of course he did. He said it to like the girl and Brad Pitt, and like he was saying it to everyone. He said I thought the very he said beginning to the other twice, which is I thought maybe I'm misremembering because I thought that's, that's, that's why it stood out to me that he said it to the same person twice, and I was like, I don't gotta hear it, but I don't gotta hear it every time. The characters are here, but I've I've seen him do it every time. I'm like well, the exact same line. I'm like, I get it. You watch Thomas a lot, I get it, man. I don't need to hear you say it every time. <laughs> okay. Um. What else? I mean, so a big part of this, I would say, is that there's a there's quite a couple. I mean, there's like at least three, um, like surprise kind of borderline like cameos. I would argue, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um. So like, there's a again, it's pretty, it's a pretty studded cast with like relatively famous known People. actors. Right. Yeah. We got um obviously front centers Brad Pitt, but then you got Aaron Taylor Johnson and oh gosh, what's his brother's name? Uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who right. is um he's in Atlanta yeah. and. He's in uh, Eternals. Eternals as their Tangerine and Lemon. Uh, Joey King is the girl. Uh, the guy who's in um, which one's he? Yeah, this guy, Hiroyuki Sanada, who's in Endgame and Westworld, who we like, right? Of course, big fan. And even um, what's her name? Karen Fuka. Oh, Fuka. Oh, I I don't remember her name, but she from the boys. Uh, from the boys. From the boys. She was Karen in Fukuhara. Is the, she's just like the concession girl. She really doesn't do anything other than just kind of hang out. Get with. murdered. Um, the wolf is uh, Bad Bunny, I think, right? Yes, he's Bad Bunny. Uh, Sandra Bullock makes a cameo. Well, so like Sandra, that. I was yeah. So I was saying though, that, like we, there's a pretty. Those people are all known up front, and then there's like a couple cameos being like Sandra Bullock at the very end, who turns out was his handler all along, which is fun. Um, the the what's he called? The White Death. At the end, or towards the end, is revealed to be uh, Michael Shannon, um, and the other one is kind of a cameo. Is as he beats was the Hornet who was hiding in the anime mascot, character mascot. mascot thing. Yeah, the whole time, and she only comes out for like twenty seconds and then is killed. So. <laughs> Instantly killed by her own weapon, which is good, good stuff. So yeah, um, yeah it's a big cast, fun. Um, I would say everyone gets a uh, maybe not literally everyone, but the I would say the. Screen time and all is, is shared around pretty fairly. Um, Brad Pitt would is definitely the one of the more main of them. Oh, yeah. um, he seems to have like the most complete like arc to him, I guess, kind of. Um, but again, I, I I really like Tangerine and Lemon. 
I like Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's good. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought Lemon was good in this. I, I enjoyed the Thomas thing. Um, I don't, I don't have very vivid memories of, uh, of, of watching Thomas as a kid. Do you? Uh, no, I don't, I don't really think I did very much. But then, like, okay. when it came up and there was a point where he was like, when he was like assigning, pe- ascribing people, um, things and he got to the kid and I, I, I don't know if you know this, but I was like, I bet he's Percy. And then he was Percy. And I was like, yeah. man, look at that. I, I think, I like, I know their names. Like, I know, I can probably watch a couple episodes when I was younger, but like, obviously I'm not, I'm not really in the Thomas to Tank Engine lore. Probably well, as much I do, it's a British show, isn't it? They're all British on it, so I yeah, bet the Brits be. like it even more than we do. Oh, um, definitely. I remember having definitely having friends as like a kid though who were big into Thomas the Tank Engine. This is it ran from 1984 and it had 24 seasons. Wow, that's quite a few. That's quite, I know. I know. At some point, there's a at some part of the show where if a train gets old enough, they put it in a hole and they brick up the wall and they leave it there to rot. <laughs> no, um, it's pretty dark. It ran from, it looks like all the way to 2021 on and off. Wow. wow. Impressive. That's a long time. He originally appeared in a children's book in 1946. That's wow. nice. Where's, um, where's, is Blaine making an appearance at any point? Is he in the Thomas show? Isn't he he's bad, right? Isn't, oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Blaine the Pain is there. Oh, that's a shame. I wish he had made a nice little cameo. Well, they were on a monorail. Well, no, he would be a, a diesel, though. He would be a diesel. Um, so Probably worse than a diesel. He's just like a monster. <laughs> um. So what? So what? What should we say? What should we talk about? We should. We can talk about. Well, I want to talk about. Uh, let's talk about. The, I mean, we can talk about each individual character. So they're yeah. Go ahead. All the characters are given like, uh, like a moniker, or like a epithet. Well, yeah. None of them have a code uh, name. We don't know any of their names really. Yeah, I don't know any of their actual names. Uh, there's the what's what's the son's name? I don't even know his. He was his. I think he was shown. He's the father, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or gosh, I don't even know if he gets like. Let's see. Um, so that is Logan Lerman. It's just the son. Um, the that's son, Logan right. Lerman, right? Who was who used to be Percy Jackson? He was. Oh, I not not to immediately derail us, but uh, there was he did, he did an interview. I don't think it was for this or something else. And they were like, "Oh, hey, like the new Percy Jackson thing's coming out. Do you have a role in it?" And he like just crumbles. He's like, um, well, that's an interesting question. Um, because and you can see like the panic in his eyes on the comments, just like they he got probably, him. Like he probably does. Yeah, I mean it's fun. What the hell would he God, that's weird. Is that is that the thing you do nowadays? Yes. That's the like, world we live God, in. Is that, is that the world Yes. No, for real though. Like that guy who was in the two those two much maligned Percy Jackson movies, we put him in the Percy Jackson show as like a cameo just cause. <laughs> Logan Lerman, though, I didn't realize this. His film, deb- his film debut was in the 2000 Mel Gibson classic, The Patriot, which is a movie I adore. He's in The Patriot? He's one of the I kids. Love the I love The Patriot. He's one of the... Bo- I think he's... He can't be the... He's not like the middle son or... Well, he's obviously not... Um, He's obviously not Heath Ledger. And I don't think he's the middle son who dies in the beginning. I think he's probably one of the wee boys who... Yeah, fifth and youngest son, Logan Lerman is. There you go. He's the wee boy, which is one of the based kids, really. Because there's that part where um I don't know if you have any remem- memory of the Patriot. Wait, have you seen the Patriot? No. Oh goddamn. Um, there's a part in the Patriot though where after they kill his his one of his older boys, um, he goes on like a war path. It was because they kill one of his older boys and then they take Heath Ledger captive. So he chases down the the British like platoon with his two young boys and and himself. And they've got muskets, right? Which suck, or maybe they're Kentucky long rifles. I don't even know, but they're slow, right? And so he's like, all right, I'm gonna take one shot. And then you both can take a shot 
and then <laughs> you guys got to just keep reloading and shooting at him. <laughs> so he has his brothers, his little, his, not his brothers, his, his wee little sons do war with him. And he's like, That's he's got like the, the older one and he's like, all right, the older one, you reload, the younger one can just shoot. Because <laughs> it's wild, man. That's family bonding. Yeah, in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. Um, Yeah, so he's the son. He doesn't do much. He's just kind of like the deadbeat son of this white, white death, death character who we just hear a ton of all throughout the movie. Um, yeah. And pretty early on, he uh, he dies. He's poisoned. Yeah. Pretty easy light acting gig, though. He says a, like a handful of lines and then lays dead he for lays, probably yeah, a couple he days. plays dead for a while. <laughs> Good long while. Um, oh, I've, we, we, I'm left out. I left out two of the best cameos. I've totally forgot. So Channing Tatum is in there as just like a, uh, a train passenger who's like, right, yeah. he's just gay, I guess, which is, or by, or I actually got on you, Jack. Thank you for that. Um, that's kind of the only joke, which is like, is that all right? It's probably all right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think I, you know what? I'm like, you know what? Cut up my comment about saying it's all right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's all right, but I didn't mind. We're really doing a lot, three, three in a row controversial <laughs> comments. What are we even doing here? What are we even doing this here? It's fraught territory. We're not qualified for this, man. Um, no. I think I think Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum will do that, right? There's got to be, I feel like there's some other movie I'm thinking of. Oh, is, I'm, maybe I'm thinking of um, in The End of the World, where he's like a, um, they make him like a, you know what they do? They make him like a gimp, gimp guy who walks around. Seen The End I of the World? No. <sighs> or it's called This is the End, I believe is the actual name of the movie. I've not seen this thing. That's the, oh no. I was gonna say it's the one of those of those three like pseudo trilogy that Edgar Wright made, but actually I've only seen. Um, You're thinking of um, Hot Fuzz, right? I've seen Hot Fuzz a bunch, and it's Hot Fuzz, it's Shaun of the Dead, and it's a third one that's in that like grouping. But that's not. This is the end. That's the world's end. Oh, this is the end. It was the one with Seth Rogen and James Franco, where they're quote unquote playing themselves, and it's just the apocalypse just happens, right? It's a very fun. Movie. Okay, I do know of that one. Okay, <laughs> whatever. I haven't watched either, but I'm familiar. Whatever. Um, and then Ryan Reynolds is at the very, very end as well as like a cameo, or towards oh, yeah. the very end as a cameo for like yeah. a second. Uh, so it's just Starstar. I don't know. It, it, I was kind of surprised because I was like, how'd they how'd they get all these polls for not a lot of money? Um, yeah, it's like a, it's kind of got like a modest budget. So it's it must just be like that people know this guy, and I guess Brad Pitt's polling. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's kind of it's kind of wild, but um. So yeah, him. Who do you want to do next? So we got Lemon and and uh, Tangerine, Tangerine. the twins. They're called. They're like assassin fixer, uh, for hire guys. Um, yeah. but they they don't they're... look like twins, do they? No, and that's kind of the running joke. Um, that, I, uh, they're uh, people who've never seen them or like everyone knows they're twins. They're twins. What are you talking about? They're twins. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the, the twins. twins. And then people would see them would be like, they don't. I don't think they're twins, guys. <laughs> I don't think they're twins, uh, but it's revealed that they're like, you know, next thing to brothers that like grew up together yeah. and all. So that's nice. I actually really like their, their story in this. It's got yeah, some did, of the most poignant moments. I did think, I did think when they do the emotion, as silly as it can be, uh-huh. when they do like the emotion with them, I think it does hit when like he thinks his brother's dead. And then when he's at, and like when he, and then what realized when Tangerine actually dies and Lemon isn't dead. And he like realizes that like, oh, I have his necklace. And then he's like, oh, fuck, my brother's yeah. dead. And he gives him the Thomas sticker. I was like, well, that, that actually, you know, made me feel something. I was like, what's this feeling? This I like when, yeah, when we think Lemon is dead um, and then Tangerine's like, he's put, he's put the diesel sticker on you. My brother always knew a diesel <laughs> or whatever the fuck he says. And, and that's like how he gets her. That's pretty good. And then Brad Pitt my fucks brother. it all up because 
he's just he's just goofy this whole movie kind of he's a he's like, whoa man dude. whoa like whoa man that's just a girl did you stab me <laughs> he, he kinda, he's kind of a marvel character in this movie <laughs> that just happened <laughs> just a real like we got company fellas oh. yeah he kind of is you in what army so i i did enjoy it so we can just do brad pitt next um his thing is that he's uh quote unquote unlucky so his thing is that he thinks he's unlucky but he actually has absolutely stupefying uh good luck <laughs> this whole movie <laughs> like just just absolutely bizarre shit uh that yeah. has no uh no right to happen happens in his favor and yet all the while he's like i got bad luck they call me ladybug on account of my bad luck it's ironic don't you know and we're all just like i don't know brad pitt you got out of this true. You got out a couple scrapes here, pretty good. I'll think it's considered. Yeah. <laughs> you really came out mostly unharmed for being bit by that poisonous snake. Right, right, exactly. Time after time, it's like, oh, the the wolf throws his knife at you and it bounces off and embeds itself right in his chest. That was pretty good. <laughs> That's like, pretty lucky. Or he stabs right where your phone is. And yeah, you find right? another phone. Pretty good. That's not so bad. Yeah. He's a real um, real Matt Cuthor- Cuthin in that way. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh, oh my luck. My luck. Oh, he is. He's my very luck. much like Matt in the Wheel of Time. Uh, uh, what, there's something I was gonna say. Uh oh he's very also he's very much like um like clerks. He's like I wasn't supposed to be here today. I wasn't yeah. supposed to come in today. So his whole thing <laughs> is that he is filling in for Carver, a different assassin who's supposed to get the job. Um who again at the end he's the one who at the end is revealed to be Ryan Reynolds all along, which is fun. Uh so yeah, that actually is his his singular like, and it's and it's a pretty big one. To be fair, um, that is his singular point of like bad luck, right? And that it, it, in truth, it sets everything else into motion on a, on a bad way for him. So mm-hmm. it kind of offsets everything else because like the bad luck got him there, and then his good luck kept him alive the whole way through. But just long enough to survive. Um, and then we got uh, Joey King. She's called the Prince because she's like. My parents wanted a boy, so they called me the prince. Um, she's British, maybe. Ironic, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, this one's actually ironic. Uh, I hate her accent in this. I'm not going to lie. I'm good on you, Joey King, but she isn't British, and it grates on me. <laughs> it grates on me, her <laughs> accent. I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. Also, she's an annoying character. Like She's really kind of um, really shitty and, and mean, so it doesn't help, does it? No, she's trying to kill his son. Yeah, she's been real. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's son. Yeah, she pushes a boy off a roof to get just to get it. No good. Just to get him on that train, just to get to the White Death. It's no like, good. Yeah. Well, then we got that guy. He's the father. Um, he works for the White Death, and he gets caught up in it because of that. Um, and then his dad is the elder, who's um, like I were talking about before, Hiroyuki Sonata. Um. We got and there. His whole thing is that like the white death, the white death fought his uh and, and defeated his whole whatever crime Criminal family. Syndicate. Yeah, back in the day, and that's how he rose to power because he he came over from Russia and he was like, hey, maybe we shouldn't trust this guy. And they're all like, ah, he's all right though. And then he <laughs> he wasn't trustworthy as it turns out. And they yeah. and he got them all. Um, putting that cool red oni mask and just went nuts. Yeah, he did have that cool that cool mask. He's he's a fan of he's Russian, so he does the roulette thing with your revolver. Good stuff. Um, Sandra Bullock is there because um, she does poisoning. Um, not or no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Zazie beats Sandra Bullock again. Is yeah. is Brad Pitt's handler? handler. Um, and she she's the Hornet. Also, Bad Bunny is the wolf. He doesn't talk much, which is probably for the probably for the best for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a singer. God, get on him, Black Bad Bunny, but not yeah. an actor. Get on you. Way to be El Diablo or whatever he's gonna be. What's he gonna be? He's gonna uh, El Marto or in the some Spider-Man wrestling thing. <laughs> 
in Spider-Man. Some, he's got, he's got his own Spider-Man movie. All the, these Sony people are like, I can't wait to be in a Marvel movie. It's like, well, so what you think it is. They don't. They yeah, don't know. Right. They don't even know. <laughs> they don't even know. They really don't. In a very real sense, they don't know what they're doing. What's he gonna be? El Muerto. You were right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Ah, absurd. Another villain. Yep. Let's just do that. Oh, there's Spider Gwen. Two right? Spider-Man villains in this movie. There's him and there's Craven the Hunter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Another guy who's getting his own movie before freaking Spider Gwen or anyone cool. Oh, I hate it. Ah, uh, God. Um. But his thing is, is, it turns out that his whole family was killed by poison. Uh, maybe, maybe the same poison. Maybe. And uh, so he was out for revenge because it, it was at his wedding and his wife died and everything. So he's mad because he was a he was a Mexican assassin. Um, and then I think that's is that most of them. I think so. So that's everybody. It turns out, right? The the whole coming together of this film is that um, they were all actually hired for the white by the white death to be there because he wanted them to basically just all kill each other because he put them all there with um, this case of money that he had for ransoming his son. Yeah. He was going to ransom whoever kidnapped his son and they were going to ransom him back. So they had the case of money, but then the twins saved the son and the money. So they got the money and then he leads them all to believe that they want the money, but really he doesn't actually care. He just wants them all to kill each other. Um, basically. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, it turns out it's because his wife died some time back and he blames them all uh, individually for different reasons for it. Well, other than the elder and the father, because those were brought in by the daughter and actually his daughter is what, Oh, so it's real. Joy King is his daughter. So she's actually Russian kind of, or whatever. Still, she's American, mind you. Don't, don't forget yeah. that. So they she actually, speaks, she speaks Russian at one point and then she goes back Russian, to British. And like, she does British. She does British English. How would you be British? Just be American or have do a Russian accent if you're going to do any, if you're speaking English. Yeah. I'd think. Or maybe, I would think. maybe with, even within the movie, she's, she's doing a fake British accent. That's why it sounds a little off or whatever. Maybe, maybe. Hopefully. Maybe she's an assassin. Who knows? But so they all fall into it because, uh, the, Actually, the wolf, I guess, is also just there for revenge, right? Oh, no. What does he do? Am I missing something? He, he's trying to get the hornet. He's yeah, revenge. he was just also there for revenge. So they don't all exactly fit in. But the hornet, because... So what happened was his wife died in a car accident because she was going to the hospital... Or no, to jail to bail out his son. So his son's first because he's like, fuck you. Um, if she, if you weren't a, you know, a deadbeat, she wouldn't have to go bail you out. She wouldn't have been outside of the house because I told her not to leave the house because they might try to kill her. He wants to get lemon and tangerine because the reason he had to leave was to go to Bolivia to f- fix a thing they did where they killed his whole crew, right? Cut, put him in a wood chipper. <laughs> Just wood chipped a bunch of them. And then the Bolivia job. And then um, the person who he thinks did the actual hit on her in the car crash that was intentional that killed her is Carver, which he believes the whole time is Brad Pitt because it was supposed to be Brad Pitt's job and he wasn't supposed to come in today. Um, and then the doctor who was supposed to do the operation or the best doctor who could have saved her afterwards uh, was dead because the Hornet killed him previously. And so there was like a second rate doctor who couldn't save her. And so in that way, he blames them all individually for, for the deaths, right? For her right. death. And that was the only thing he cared about in the whole world or whatever. Yada, yada. So yada, he's got to kill them all. Um, and then he shows up and they have a big kind of fight. And there's a sword fight, which is pretty good. Um, oh, he's Yuki stuff. Sonata there, the elder. He's real good at sword fighting. He's got that cane sword. You were like, he's got a cane probably sword. a sword in that cane. And I was like, oh, absolutely. I'm like, Jack. I'm like, Jack. Jack, there's a sword in that cane, right? Oh, oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. If there isn't, I'm walking out of the film. I'm like, we're gonna what are we doing movie. here? Of course, there's a sword in the cane. If the Japanese Yakuza man has a cane and no sword, what's what is, even the yeah, point? Why on. would he even... He gave sagely wisdom, which was great. He was... What did he say? About, like, luck is good. Or he about ladybugs and how, like, they carry they all the bad, bad luck, luck so that um, everyone else can have good, good luck. luck. So he's like, maybe that's your thing, ladybug, is that you, you're carrying the bad luck for everybody else. He's like, I don't want the bad luck. <laughs> I don't want to carry it. I don't want to carry anything. You take it. It's your bad luck. But like we said, he is just good luck. No, he's just, he's just got remarkably good luck. Yeah. He gets stabbed with that venom, and he's like, ah, oh, shit. And then she accidentally stabs him with the anti-venom, and then he's just good. Well, he does it on purpose. Right. He true. stabs her with the poison as well, so she's also got the poison so that she has to take out the anti-venom, and then he just, he just nicks it from her real quick. Um. So, yeah, they just kind of have a big punch-up. Uh, the train eventually is derailed. Um, completely destroyed. What's her name? The prince was messing around with bombs. She had a bomb in the gun and a bomb in the case, and and some of the henchmen open up the case, and that sets off. Um, but then they're derailed. They're all still good, though. It turns out. Well, other than Lemon, Lemon at one point is ejected from the train. He like stops a guy to save uh ladybug, ladybug. and he's like, oh, "We're brothers, man." And he's like, "No, <laughs> no, we're definitely no. Not. I'm, I'm, you're not my brother." <laughs> Yeah, my brother, you, you're kind of responsible for him dying, my actual brother dying, so not really a fan of you, fella. So then they, then it's looking bleak, because the White Death's just going to shoot Brad Pitt, and then he's like, oh, well, you're supposed to come in today, man. I'm doing my job. Um, but then he's got the exploding gun, and so it explodes up, and he's dead. Pulls out half his face. Pretty and good. The prince, who is also, like, I guess a victim in all this, but kind of the worst, um, turns out, it revealed in a mid credit scene, Levin survived, and just Plows her over with a big with a big uh, tangerine truck. Tangerine truck, which is a bit of bit of serendipity, isn't it? Bit a bit of poetic justice. Even and then um, Sandra Bullock comes to pick up Brad Pitt and the father and the elder walk off in the sunset, and it turns out mostly okay. Yeah, for those characters so. at least, except for all the dead people. Well, yeah, all the all the many people who died, but they they did clear this the uh, train of all civilians before it derailed, so that's good. Yeah. Although surely someone in the in the in the like houses and and buildings oh, in Kyoto there dead. had to have died. When or that other train they hit, they hit, they hit like a second train. Yeah, so there's no telling. There's <laughs> no telling the untold damage they've caused. But that even right up to the, I did enjoy even right up to the end there. Um, when Sandra pulls up in the nice car to get him, and then like right before they get in the car, um, the telephone pole falls on it and splishes it, and she's like, "You got such bad luck, Brad Pitt." But all I could think about was like, "Well, what if you got in like three seconds earlier? It falls on you, right? And you die, and you're dead." So, yeah, was it good luck, bad luck? Who can say, Jack? It's just luck. I honestly thought that um, the elder was gonna pull out that story. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, it's the one with like. All the horses come. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. are bad, and like sun breaks his leg, but then war comes, so he doesn't have to go to war because of his broken leg. And then, so is it good luck or bad luck? Who can say? It's all perspective, yeah. maybe. It's all it's really time, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tragedy plus time is comedy, I think. Well, that is correct, but not. I don't know if that that's a message of this film. Don't worry about it. I I won't. Um, but yeah, so apparently it was originally intended to be a, a dark, more violent um, action thriller like Die Hard. Which I don't think of Die Hard as being particularly dark either, but maybe that's just because of time. Like it's the, the time tragedy plus time is kind of well, honestly though. Here. But like I, honestly though, little I, I feel like the goalpost has shifted on that, right? Of like what's a truly dark. Thriller. I mean, although they obviously always had dark ones, but Die Hard is pretty campy, I think, by modern standards, right? But whatever. Yeah. Um. So they they turned it more lighthearted action comedy, which is definitely accurate, I would say. Um. But yeah, again, I just really enjoyed it. Thought it was fun. 
I thought I liked the, I did like the unfolding nature of the whole conspiracy plot to it. And it's like, what is actually going on here? Um, and just the, the cast carried it all the way through regardless of, uh, right. Like you've even, even in the parts where you're like, is this making sense? What's the actual story? The cast was, was good enough to just like keep you interested. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. A, le- a less entertaining, like, if, yeah, if it was less funny, like less comedy in it, mm-hmm. it probably would have lost me. Because again, it kind of, at certain points, it's like, all right, well, what's happening? Meanders a like, bit. And like the first half, right, is nonstop, like introduce a new character. We got to see these characters right. flashback, right? Yeah. So we get, again, it just happens over and over. We, we, we introduce them, then we get like a whole little sequence of the flashback. Um, and we do it with like the White Death, then we do it with... um the wolf and all of them, it just happens over and over. So yeah, in a worse, in a worse execution, it really could have lost you at that point. I think. Cause like, that's a complaint with, um, like the suicide squad, the first one, or which, which one's which suicide squad. The first one. suicide squad is the first one. The um, suicide squad is, the is that, one. that has a very similar thing in the first act of that movie, which is just like, we introduce all the characters with a little clip show. This uh, is Deathstroke. This is Katana. <laughs> I advise not getting killed by her. She her sword steals the souls of its victims. That's right. Uh, is that the whole speech? That's some copy pasta, which you is know, this whole little sounds spiel right. about Katana. I would advise not getting killed generally. Like, is that much worse than just dying? Practically speaking, well, I think I think because it's like undeath. It's a fate worse than death because you're not dead. You can't pass on. Your like soul is trapped in a sword with all the other souls. I'm sure if you were the first guy to right. kill, you're like, well, I'm just, I'm just kind of hanging up on myself. It's not it's not awful. But then when well, we know, tied it back, guys, didn't we? Because Karen Fukuhara is katana in that movie so there it is is she really yeah huh no i didn't know that she's wearing that mask that's no she's no she's wearing a mask i'll give you that mm. all right i, I don't know you anything else do you want to give this one a weird rating like we sometimes do <laughs> of course oh that's what i was waiting for i give this two chuckling men three nope three chuckling men out of five i give it a i give it a percy i give it a percy the tank engine that's what I rate this movie. Is I thought you were going to say person. Percy Jackson and the Europeans. <laughs> oh my God, what a tie-in. Oh my God, wait, I didn't even realize. He gives him the Percy sticker and he's the guy who played Percy Jackson. That's yeah. fun. That is fun. I like that. Huh. Huh. Well, the guy, yeah. Well, there well, it is. Um, but, but in all seriousness, I gave it a three out of five on a, no, a three and a half out of five on a letterbox. letterbox. So there it is. That's pretty good. We should start saying our letter. We should make an architect letterbox account. It should be the same as mine, mostly. Well, we, well, that's well, that's what I'm saying. We're gonna, I'm gonna co-op yours. That's fine. And just change a couple of things. Good. All right. Uh, so let's take a take out of that into Westworld episode six, Fidelity. Finally, Fidelity. Zach, at long last, an episode title that's both short enough to remember and clear enough that even we can understand the meaning. One hundred percent. Thank God. Finally. Couldn't have said it better. Wow, they really, they really I'm did us a favor with this one. I... <laughs> With, with joy, no more, ah. no more weird French words for the the time period. No more Absolutely Chinese not. philosophy. No more long no more poetic things that I can't remember. Japanese word. No more bicameral minds or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Get out of here. Just fidelity. just fidelity. So, uh, this this episode circles back, and it's about mostly Caleb again and uh, Bernard, right? Mm. So we kind of get this in the beginning. Sneakily, we uh, we kind of go back to the time period we were dealing with the first half of the season because we have Caleb's wife and daughter who are participating in like the resistance clearly very early on in Hale's like takeover right and they're helping save people and they save um this outlier who is Jay who is the guy who's been in the 
present with them, right? He was the leader, I think. Or with C. Yeah, the leader guy who's been in the present with them, which is fun. So they get that guy. Um, and then we just flash back. So we've got Caleb, and she's still trying to break him. And she's like, your daughter, I'll get your daughter. And he's like, you don't got my daughter. She's If you had her, you'd already blah, blah, blah. My daughter's going to win because she's sick. And she's like, oh, you got me there. <laughs> um, and so his whole subplot this one is that he's trying to break out. Um, but along the way, I thought this was really like a really kind of interesting plot here, right? Along the way, he keeps coming across other versions of himself who have made it like part of the way. Mm. Yeah, like every step of the way, there's someone who couldn't couldn't cut it or like Felt gave up it, which is kind of interesting because um, he's clearly not the first one to attempt it, and maybe not even the first one to make it all the way, um, from what we can tell. Um, and so it's like, God, how many iterations of this poor fella have there been, right? Because this one seems mostly all there. Um, he doesn't he doesn't have any of the typical shortcomings of the replicated humans, right? He doesn't devolve into like the stuttering yeah. thing where he can't process it anymore or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, man, maybe this just is Caleb. Like in his performance is pretty close. Like, you know, it's kind of feels like um Aaron Paul's just doing Caleb. And so I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, he makes it he makes it all the way. I th- he well, he makes it the furthest. He's the first yeah, to yeah, get all the way to the like radio tower and he sends a message to his daughter. Yes, boys, and, like, and then she's and like, like, That's it, bro. Yeah. Why don't you do just, all that for that? God, he's basically God. just like, You can do it. I believe in you. You're gonna win. And Halo's like, What the fuck? Because I think Halo uh probably intended for him to like try to escape and then meet up with her so she could like follow him to them, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you got that, from that's it? what I was thinking, or at least like send a beacon out that would be picked up mm-hmm. by something some some way to like ping, ping it if not physically yeah. go there at least like make a, send a signal that she could track yeah some way to physically locate them but he's just like no i'm just gonna send out a si- signal telling her she's great yeah <laughs> and probably because i guess he's smart enough to be like well that would i don't want to lead you to that <laughs> yeah we don't so, lead you to daughter i do like how uh, he keeps telling all those copies that the do- his daughter is alive to, like pick himself alive, up man and they're like oh shit all right all right, use me. You jump Use out of this. Me. Jump out of this air vent on my body. I'll break your fall, big guy. Come on, come on. It's all right for the greater good and, and all that. It is good stuff. Um. So yeah, that's his whole thing. And then so Bernard and um see there. So last we left them, they had found Maeve, and now they got Maeve. And he's like, I'm gonna fix her and I'm gonna use her. She's gonna be real good. Maeve's Maeve's sweet. Uh, she'll be very effective for us. She is. Maeve's pretty pretty good. And so they're fixing it, and she's like, why do you know so much about Westworld? And he's like, don't you even worry about it. I used to work there. Don't Sweet. worry about how long that's been. Don't even think about it. If you do, I'll be how, how do I remember Maeve, you say? It's been 30 years? How old am I? I don't even... It's not It's not, it's not. polite to ask a man's age. Yeah, it's not polite. So why don't you shut the hell up, huh? Um, and he's doing all his prediction thing. He's like, ah, well, that's got about a 23% chance of working. She's like, how, how do you... That? But like... But what are you basing that off of? He's like, nah, I, don't about it. I know stuff. Don't even worry about it. I'm a programmer. Kind of I just used to do probabilities. I just guess good. That's all. I just kind of, just kind of wing it. I'm the best guesser in town. I, I want a prize <laughs> for it. I want to see my medal. Best guesser. Three years running. So he's like, all right, all right. And so he's fixing her, and he's like, and uh, at, at one point he's like, delicately like stitching her face all back together, and she's like, why are you being so nice? They're not alive. And Bernard's is like, oh. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. They're all right. They're not so I, bad. I mean, I, I like them. I mean, I worked with them, right? I mean, it'd be crazy if I was one. She's but, like, you know, she's like, they're not alive. They're all horrible and unfeeling monsters. They're just robots. And he's like, Ooh, is it hot in here? Ooh, it's getting tight. All this, there's some sand in my eye. Oh, oh good God. 
he shows he's that like, um the mirror he's like this is what they're not using hats anymore they're using mirrors yeah they got all the data out of your mirrors because you just stare at the mirror for a long time which seems pretty good you think you wouldn't do that the whole time but i guess there's not as many mirrors yeah, no. in the old west since they're in 1920s land yeah probably not probably not yeah and she takes a chip to like process it over it takes a host's brain i really thought for a second when they're like in the bowels of 1920s land when he's getting all the equipment he needs and he yeah. like scalping that dude i was like what if that's just like a real human like that oh. like he's just like up and like a brain like obviously <laughs> he's just like oh oh nope wrong guy not a guy <laughs> not a host oops let's find someone yeah. else wouldn't be great well yeah it wouldn't be if he kept, obviously it wouldn't have happened because it's been 30 years it would have been an insane it would have been rotted and you could tell right yeah it would have been funny if he went i got this clunk and be like well that wasn't supposed to happen uh-oh we're on the wrong path now uh-oh things have gone oh, wrong no well, i guess we're all and then he's like well i give up if that happens then it's over that was like a, a like a, a impossible chance and it happened so well good luck to you and he just walks off into the desert if you see stubs just kill him i don't care but so then the group gets back from the city and she's like, this one's a host because he was scanning my brain. And he's like, uh, don't even worry about that. You just got to trust me. And he shot me. Um, trust me. I, I had to scan you all for Bar- reasons we're not even sure of um, quite yet. I don't think unless you do you know why he did that. Uh, I know. I what I assume he's going to do what I thought immediately when I was watching was that like he's going to make them all into hosts to infiltrate the city. So mm-hmm. there's like host them and actual oh. them. There's two versions the, of them. Could be because the host won't get yeah know, they bothered. won't get picked up on. Okay, maybe and he could find like a like a host making machine. One of them maybe he, maybe he was trying to make sure none of them were. Uh... That's that's also possible because he was like yeah your girlfriend might be a host my man figure it out I don't know who because you know probability and stuff but you know figure it out and then poor stops is just like oh what the fuck Bernard I leave for like. <laughs> A day and this is what happens you blow the fucking pooch but like they also sus- suspected him because they're like yeah we got one here too and he's just like oh oh dear so i don't remember if he did anything in particular but well, that was, well they they call, i think they must have known because they call him the canary or something yeah but i think that's just because they didn't care about him i, I don't think it was true. because they thought he was a host i i took it as just they were like well if you die we really don't give a shit <laughs> i guess that's true i guess i, I guess because yeah. i knew i'm like oh they must know he was a host but if they knew it was a right, host, right. they wouldn't have trusted him yeah, right. So, uh, and then so now they're doing. They have to do like a bit of Among Us because <laughs> she doesn't know which one of them is the imposter. John Carpenter's the thing because <laughs> she doesn't know which one's the imposter. And her girlfriend's acting a little sus, so she's like, "You're gonna, we're gonna lock you up, sussy." And then, and then Jay is like, "Hey, listen, we don't need to worry about that. We'll find your dad some other way, right? Come on, I, I, you're like a sister to me." That's a callback to the very beginning of the episode when they first got. Um, they first rescued Jay when Jay very rudely to a, a young Frankie is like, I'm not your brother. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you <laughs> your, dad's, your dad's dead, you idiot. And then like storms off. <laughs> my real brother's dead. You're never going to be my family. It's like, all right, man, I get you're going through some stuff. Hey, he's like eight, bro. She's like an eight. She's like a little kid right there. My guy, could you chill? And so Frankie's like, ah, yes. The man I knew was a horrible bastard. He'd never say I was his sister. You're the imposter. And then they have a bit of a fight. Yeah, and, I was thinking uh, when that reveal happened, I was like, okay, that. So I'm like, maybe I'm. I don't feel so bad that Jay's gone because if if even then, 23 years after they met, he still was like, nah, bro, we ain't family what? like that. Like Jay, what the fuck, man? <laughs> what do you see? I I totally had that same thought because at first I just thought that was supposed to be like a bit of character growth for him, even so just in the course of the episode of like, oh, okay, look at that. 
After enough time, he does consider her a sister. That's nice. They have grown, but nope. <laughs> he was just an <laughs> asshole the whole way through, I guess. It was it was the classic, I didn't tell you what her name was, or I didn't mention yeah. the car. Yeah. I'm like, that's the reason? I feel like, oh, I'm glad, yeah, fuck that other guy. I mean, like, it sucks that he's dead or not, and that they got him, but I mean... But, like, you can't bond with a little girl to replace your dead, your, like, brother who's gone? Like, that's, like, classic yeah, I know. tropes. You work with your whole, most of your adult life and fighting this rebellion, him. and you couldn't, even then you couldn't, like, what are you even fighting for at that <laughs> point if you just hate everyone still? Yeah, you can't form an attachment to, like, a 10-year-old who lost your father, even after you cool well, down? Yeah, but, all right, that's... Gee, are you, you screwing up the whole time? Good you, for you, I guess. Were you a, an American psycho? Ah, uh, incredible. So, no more Jay. See ya. Yeah, good, good riddance, I say. Um, but he's she's about to die. Jay's about to get her, and then ah, uh, Maeve's back online. She's she's powered up. Just so stabs him right through the head. She gets his ass because Maeve's real good. And then she's like, "We're gonna finish what we what me and your dad started, chick chick." And then they're gonna probably. And she's like, "Your dad's I'd probably bet. alive, I think." And it's like, mm, very well, much. We heard him. We heard him in that broadcast, and I'm like, yeah, no. He isn't alive. Yeah. I don't think. What do we think? Let's let's do a little speculating. Then are they gonna like? Is the season gonna end with like? All right, and we've got young host Caleb on our team. He's gonna parade around with us for the rest of the show, or is it more of like? All right, we're gonna kill you so you don't have to. This existence is pain. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think they're gonna find him. Maeve and his daughter is gonna be like Frankie. It was it was you and Maeve. Cool to see you again. Protect my daughter and such and such another another. And it's like all right, cool. And he would be like, thanks for ruining my life, Maeve, and humanity, kind of. If you wouldn't done this, maybe we would have been better off. Thanks All for right, listening. See ya. See ya. Right, I'm going to die don't, now. Please don't bring me back. Just please don't bring me back. It's hell. I'm going to stay dead, if you don't mind. <laughs> please. I, I crave death so much. Similarly, yeah, I kind of... And, like, that wouldn't that wouldn't be out of character for this show. It's like, he's got got a good two-season run. Sup him out. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> see ya. It, it really... I mean, remember you at, we talked about this last week? Or maybe the week before? Uh, it was when it was like it was revealed that Caleb's a host and he's going through loops. How it kind of, I think, even more, it kind of takes away. I'm like, makes you think, why do we do season three the way we did it? Why mm-hmm. do we set up Caleb as the Messiah if he's just going to be a host 30 years in the future and to kind of fail? Yeah. And we never seem in season three, we don't, we find out he's the Messiah at the end. He just incites a riot. Kind of, he kind of just gets on a riot he that was already started without him. And then he's like, mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm the leader. And then he doesn't yeah. want to step off screen, and then he fails, and now he's a robot who lives a hell existence. So I, yeah, what? I can't disagree. I really Aaron Paul, can't. why are you in this show? Good on you, but why? Because they really did hype him up quite a bit at the end of last season, especially toward, especially at the very end there, where they everyone's following him around. They're like, right this way, Mister President, sir. <laughs> like, President. They're all like, they're all like his body. They're like, sir. So you need to come with us <laughs> like, quickly. And then yeah. It seems like him and Maeve did the whole war themselves mostly. <laughs> and then, no, nah, not really. He's got those other guys and all, but still. <laughs> yeah, it's questionable how much influence he really had because at the very or even at the beginning of the season, when things are seemingly in a state of calm, to you know, as far as he knows, he's just he's just back to doing his job, and the world's just like fine, I guess. Um, but the, that guy's working with is just like you were that Messiah a couple years back, weren't you? You, you goofball. What'd you even change there? Ah, oh, not much, am I right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh man. Hope the robots don't take over because they keep mentioning this episode. I mean, they don't keep Hale's like, why could you resist my flies? Tell me why, Caleb. And he's like, I'll never tell. It's like, I doesn't matter. He's a robot now. You got him. I like, is it just to get all the other outliers? But 
I thought why, I wonder, are there, why are there outliers if I thought outliers only happened because of Rehoboam. Isn't that the well, reason? I was, was going to say, what if they're the same? Maybe they're the same outliers. It's like whatever that same thing, you know. That's true. They both that causes all, someone. They're all machines, so I guess they'd all reach the same conclusions if they're kind of run the same algorithms. Mm-hmm. That's possible. Is that the same kind of free thinkers and like rebellious sort of personalities who wouldn't fit into Rehoboam's like, you know, supremely structured like existence for the world would also be the same kind of people who wouldn't be susceptible to your little brain parasite thing that yeah. takes you over. So I think we'd be yeah. outliers. Um, probably not. Yeah. Well, well. No. Sorry, we like Marvel movies too much. Oh no. And we do have we're white guys with a podcast, so yeah. We're kind of the same. I do improv comedy sometimes, so we're really just we're gonna huh. if, if, what's the opposite of an outlier? That's us. <laughs> no. But I'm a I'm a wolf, not a sheep. <laughs> there are two <laughs> wolves inside of me. No. One is one is based and and one is they're both based. Yeah, and I feed them both real good. Yeah, I like Fight Club, but really that was oh. the answer. Is everyone who doesn't like Fight Club is an outlier. Uh, see, see, we're outliers because we like Fight Club, but not for the reasons everyone else does. That's true. We understand the commentary. We think. Oh my! I get, I'll tell you a funny story because we're talking about Fight Club in a movie similar to the American Psycho. I was watching that on HBO Max when uh, like the other day, and my sister came in the room and she's like, "Is this American Psycho?" And I'm like, "Yeah." She goes. <laughs> Oh god, you're one of these people now. And I'm like, whoa, hold on, hold on. I just right. want to watch a movie, uh, a critically acclaimed film. I'm based, I don't base Jack's sister. It's like, what the fuck? Surely got your ass, eh? She, I mean, I I had nothing to say. <laughs> it was the worst thing that could have happened when watching American Psycho happened to me. Kind of makes me want to, I don't know, become a stockbroker in New York and I and I think kill hookers. Ooh, maybe not that. Maybe not. Maybe that. not that thing. <laughs> That's the wrong message you're supposed to take away from American Psycho. No, the, the message is that it maybe didn't happen. Maybe it was all in his head. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I thought you meant real life for a second. I was like, I definitely don't think it happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did. I remember. Was it a dream I had? Did I dream American Psycho? Maybe. All right. We got Westworld. We got two more episodes left of Westworld. It seems like next week, uh, Bernard's gonna meet Hale. That should be interesting because Hale, Hale's such a weird character this one because everyone's just calling her. Hit- Charlotte Hale, right? Yeah, but, but we know she's not. She's, she's dead, really. Yeah, she's not the same. She isn't the same. Yeah, she's not, yeah, I like that she, she was uh, her Hale's family that she took over, the son that she cared for more than his actual mother. Uh-huh. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> sad sort of way. Uh, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm interested to see where these episodes go. Truthfully, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's we kind of talked about this couple weeks back i think but it's like is this season gonna end with them dismantling this whole system again and then it's like but where does that doesn't that leaves you in a weird place for season three um i think maybe you could have a small victory right do like a what's a film that i can compare this to (laughs) maybe like not your empire strikes back but more of your attack of the clones Mm -hmm. right where you fight count dooku at the end and you have a and you beat the and you beat the droids on geonosis but it's only a portents of of a larger conflict to come right Um, they probably do that, right? So, like, I would they think. they win the first battle, but now we got the war and we got to dismantle Hale. A lot of people think that this season, this last couple episodes, could have payoffs with uh, season uh, two post credit scene with uh, with William being a host. Oh, going to the park. But like, that's weird because when you think about it, right? Um, they've they've pretty much perfected William host. It feels like from what we can see. So, yeah. It's weird. When did that happen? Right? Isn't it like supposed it to be like hundreds? Didn't the writer say it's supposed to be hundreds of years in the future? I'm pretty sure that's what she said. So 
it's like this season seems to suggest that they've done a really really they've gotten really close to perfecting the host humans whatever you call them right so yeah i yeah it's weird what is i i mean i guess the thing is like william host william is like oh like you know conflicted now too and that's his thing but i'm not really sure i guess we'll have to see because yeah, that people... that william is specifically the man in black william with the with his fucked up hand uh-huh. and the william we know is just true like, in a suit so is she running a William on the side for fun that she forgets about or like mm-hmm. is destroyed and then can't go back to, but they're just stick, stuck running it because they're robots and can. I mean, if we have to get to that part of the timeline at some point, maybe this, this season will end with a big time jump and uh, we'll get, we'll get there by the end of the season. Another time season jump? Five. Yeah. Another a big, big one. Maybe, maybe, um, but if you, if you do that, obviously everyone who's in a host has to be gonzo, right? But yeah. I mean, that's most of our main characters, anyways. That's Dolores. That's Maeve. That's Bernard. So, it's Stubbs. I mean, yeah, Stubbs. Stubbs can Stubbs can come, and obviously Kale and William. And then, as long as you freeze up old William there, um, he can stick around. I guess <laughs> and Harrison get his check. Yep. Good on him, though. I mean, good on him, though. Oh yeah. You know, you know when they did, you know when they did uh, Top Gun there, Jack. It was it really blew the it really blew the house away. You know, it really blew the little house the little guardhouse away, right? But Ed Harris, he just stood there. He just took it like a champ. I. I'm 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 lost here. I'm all, I gotta be honest with you, Chief. I'm lost in the raids. I thought you knew. I thought you knew about this. Is that the part where he's flying that the black jet? And it, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's in the trailer. It it like blows past the little guard tower, and it actually in real life, unexpectedly to them, blew the little guard tower, the little guard house thing away. Like it blew away in the fucking <laughs> shock of it. And Ed Harris stands there and like he stumbles a little, but he stands there and takes it like a champ. <laughs> As Ed Harris is stronger than a house. Ooh, he, yeah, he's stronger than an actual like what do they call that? Um, afterburn or whatever jet. Str- I don't know what they call the sonic boom from a jet, right? But uh, a literal sonic boom. He's, I mean, good on him. He's, maybe he is a host. Maybe that's just host will host Ed Harris. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, they're all robots, or he's part robot. Cause he he uh, you know, he's still uh. He still turns out incredible performances year after year. So he's got to be a robot. No one could be that good for that long. That's right. All right. You want to act attack into something else? Sure. Well, and act attack into something else. We'll act attack into Prey, the new Predator film on Hulu that released today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. That was fine. I thought it was. I thought it was real good. I, I had a great time with this movie. I think I'm gonna just say it, Jack. Um, so I, let's preface this by saying I don't know about you. Well, actually, I do know about you. I'm I'm ninety ninety nine point nine percent sure you've never seen a Predator film. Is that correct? Not a single one. Um, actually, uh, for once, I've never actually seen a Predator film either. I have I have somewhat of a knowledge of the of the universe, which we can get into in a bit here, but I've never either. Um, so sight unseen, I'm gonna say this is the best Predator movie ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is a lot of people are saying. So yeah. I did see it had a ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, it good. does. So it follows the predator, the first hunt, first predator hunt on Earth. At that's first, not true. See, that's not true. This is what's so weird about this. Um, is that it says that right, and like that's how they've marketed it. But in Alien versus Predator, the predators are hanging out with the Mayans. So maybe they weren't hunting; they're just hanging out. Well, oh, well, actually, maybe you're right about that. Actually, that actually could be. Well, okay, Jack. I don't think they do ever actually. We ever see them actually hunt. They just go there and they help the mines build the city. It's one of those. It's like, oh, uh, uh, the mines could have built cities on their own. They need to help. No, them they're aliens. not white. How could they do this? 
Um, so they go help them build cities and then they're like, uh, they worship the predators as their gods. And, and then cause it's alien versus a predator. They like do aliens and stuff. It's, it's a whole thing. But right. Of course. Now, maybe that is it, but, uh, continue. <laughs> uh, so it's 300 years ago. At first I thought the Hulu description said 3000 and I was like, that's a long time ago. And then, and then it wasn't. And then I'm like, Oh, it's 1718. It's not, I don't know how years work. Uh, and it follows a, uh, Plains Indian woman named Naru. Ma- Naru, and she hunts the predator. She sees the predator, and she kind of hunts after it. And she gets other people involved, like her brother. And a bunch of people die. And they're a Frenchman, those dirty Frenchmen. And yeah, so on. Yeah, yeah. So um, I thought this was really good and an interesting direction to take it. Um, I remember when this was discussed as or like announced rumored whatever the, the word would be um that they're making this movie that was going to be a predator movie but with uh like native americans and i was like that sounds really interesting and for some reason i thought it was like canceled or got stuck in development hall or whatever so like imagine my surprise when like last week i was like wait that's coming out oh yeah <laughs> on this and i don't what was it? was it because of um i think we you and i watched a compilation of trailers because of uh comic-con comic-con i was like wait what that's a movie that's coming out next week, no less. Oh yeah, we were on top of it. So I was very excited. Um, and I, I think it lived up to my week of expectations. I thought it was really good. I thought it was a really unique kind of direction to take it. Uh, it kind of is back to the roots of the like franchise in a lot of way, which is like predator hunting a bunch of people in like the forest. <laughs> it's not into like the nonsense that some of the later ones get into with the aliens and the Denny Glover and los angeles and stuff <laughs> right yeah. um it's just it's just a predator in the wild hunting people uh, and some animals and some animals yeah yep yep so i thought it was fun one thing i thought was strange is that i guess i never seen the predator movies but i was like i feel like he should be wearing more armor and or that he would be more like impervious to weapon because i don't know i feel like he really took a beating from like bears and stuff Whoa. he did seem to take a pretty good beating from that bear and yeah. that, that, that bear was kind of like putting the schmooze on him. Like if that if he wasn't yeah. invisible, that bear might have had a pretty good chance. Well, so here's the thing: you gotta you always gotta remember about the predators, right? Um, they don't actually fight fair, so That's they true. had this whole code of like honor that we're supposed to understand them as having, right? That they're these honorable like hunters, right? And they and they do their hunts and they're all about it, or whatever. But uh, I don't think they really are. Um, they're kind of just the worst. <laughs> yeah, they just so, like brutal hunters. I mean, they just skin and kill or whatever they rip- well it's not fair in the slightest really is it yeah uh when, when it comes right down to it like and people say this about like hunt, modern hunters using guns on like deer or whatever right um but like modern hunters don't get to turn invisible and like yeah. target you with like laser target targeting system thing. like yeah, he doesn't really have to try at all or become invisible that's what I said. He's he's literally yeah. invisible and like so they're not very sporting <laughs> when it comes right down to it. No, and that... so in this one he does his his weaponry is toned down a little, right? Cuz the predators usually have like plasma blaster things. Oh jeez. So he's not he's not making use of that at least, which is good. Um and I believe the lore is technically that the predators don't won't use their bla- their like energy weapons unless um the people they're fighting seem to have something like close to it or equivalent, like like guns at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would explain why they didn't really hear because he could kind of understand the uh, the technology difference there. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, but he still does have quite a few quite a few really useful stuff. Oh, for right? sure. 
so he's got in this one he's got like a, a sharp shield thing that is like entirely bulletproof that's pretty handy and also can just chop people up real good he's got like a spear he's got like a whip kind of thing almost that like is like a lasery whip thing that cuts through that bear trap at one point oh yeah he's got those um that like what is those little things that come out of like his arm thing that like expand outward and cut a circle yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's like a. Sh- it's the same thing as like the shield, right? I just, use- I think, or yeah, yeah, or, yeah. I think it is some kind of idea. And like, um, he's got the classic predator knife arm thing, of course. Um, but what did you say? I was gonna say he's got those gross mandibles, but it's just gross face. Oh yeah, he's always he's always got the gross mandibles. Uh, but generally speaking, yeah, I don't think he's supposed to. I think they try to put up a good fight, but then there's like there is a, a dis- one distinct scene in particular in this movie where he's literally just slaughtering them in droves, like oh yeah, all the trappers. So they kind of suck. Um, but the movie's not really about the predator, is it? No, it's about the characters, it's about the people. It's about Naru, and she's got quite the quite the plot, I would say. So her whole thing is that she's like, I want to be a hunter because you guys don't take me seriously, and you guys tell me uh, that I can't do it, so I'm gonna do it to prove you wrong, which is pretty good classic Classic story can't go wrong um and so she tries and they all make fun of her because she's a girl and all um and then she's like fellas i think there's something suspect out here they're like yeah it's part of that mountain lion and then they kill the mountain lion she's like yeah no uh i think it was something else and they're like i was part of that bear though it's probably just a bear bear. it's like but it's skinned and gutted a snake (laughs) bear don't Uh, don't worry about that don't worry about my problem and then she finds the bear and the bear is killed by the predator and she's like guys it wasn't the bear because it, i literally watched it kill the bear and they're like shut up you're a stupid woman you don't know shit about anything <laughs> they killed the bear how did you escape dummy and they just beat the shit out of her yeah she puts up a good fight though yeah, she does she gets her legs she puts her she moves on them but they get her mm-hmm. in the end i get her and they're like we're taking you back you idiot and then until they're like oh wait it's the predator <laughs> <laughs> oh shit and then they all die gruesome deaths and uh he gets the, the that main guy who's being a dick to her gets shot with the dart things um, and then they they put up a pretty good fight. They put it. They could put the they put the schmoves on him as you were saying uh, with the spears and stuff. The two of the the two fellas have a a pretty good run. Uh, but then her and one of the survivors flee. But then that guy gets killed by the predator. Mm-hmm. And then she makes it. She wanders into a uh, uh, French uh, voyagers camp. Um, and this is I, I will say there's a couple things I took umbrage with in this movie historically speaking. So and I think that they could have mostly been rectified if they just didn't put an actual date on right right that's kind of how i feel is uh if you just kind of leave the date off then you can kind of fill in the blanks yourself um, you kind of assume where it takes place yeah but 1719 would would be very 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 early for french trappers to be that far west i don't i just don't think it was i just don't think that's historically uh true at all i think there were spanish um hunters who were like up into the into the plane what is now yeah, the Plains area, which is now currently like the American South, the American Southwest. Uh, but wouldn't it be the Midwest? Not, no, the 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 Comanche were in like Wyoming. Uh, oh, okay. Arizona, uh, like northern Mexico, I think, and that's what they're supposed to be in this movie. They are Comanche. I will say, I tried very briefly to watch it with the Comanche. Um, the, it's called like the Comanche version, which apparent. I was trying to find. I don't. I think it was the same. It's the same actors. They all just did their lines in Comanche, which is pretty oh, cool. That's cool. Um, but the they didn't actually. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't actually film it, so it oh. it's truly just a dub, and mm. I just don't think it works as well because yeah, 
dubs you know their mouths don't line up and uh you can tell obviously when the audio is recorded like in a studio instead of on location and all so Mm -hmm. it's the same reason that dubs aren't good in like anime or whatever probably right like yeah because the mouth flaps and you gotta change mm -hmm. the language the the languages and all that so i'm sure it's cool and all and i I saw some people swear by swearing about it but i couldn't do it um i think it was actually just again if they had actually done it like on on the day that would have been cool but obviously that that'd be an enormous expenditure to fill the whole movie twice basically but that's true but yeah it's just the the dates the dates and then the other thing is like if it is 1719 it's it's um it's too early for there to be french trappers there but it's probably late enough that the comanche should have horses of their own mm-hmm. that have come up from the spanish um because at this point in time and the, here's the thing they're not a monolith of course like not every single individual tribe and this one seems to be a relatively small one right that we actually followed this movie mm-hmm. um is going to come from it's going to have the exact same like you know status at the exact same point in history but uh you know i th- i think the general consensus is that at that point in time they had evolved to be like one of the horse tribes and the comanche were the very the very very best at it they were like the most oh, yeah. dominant in that region and there's like hints of that because at one point her brother does get on the horse and he's good at it and he's firing from horseback which is a thing that um well i think they all i think all the plains indians hunted from horseback but I, apparently the comanche were the only ones to do war from horseback wow. which is interesting yeah that's pretty interesting um so that's that's my only thing. I feel like they should have their own horses because the only horse they get, they're like, oh, from the French. But it's like eh, there should be there should be wild horses roaming the plains yeah, by right. now. Yeah, from the Spanish, but at least a bunch of Spanish horses somewhere. Yeah, no, for, up in the plains by then. That's where they like they was there was wild horses living in the Americas for a long time because the obviously the Spanish horses came over in like the late 1400s. So there's enough time for them to migrate and all. But they get the trappers also have a brother and they get out. Or they they try to use them as bait, but the predator doesn't like that because he's about you know he's want, he wants a good sport and fight, doesn't he? Yeah, he doesn't want to just uh, sneak up and invisible and kill you when you're tied to something. He wants to sneak up invisible and kill exactly you where you can't see him. Uh, so the trappers have guns, but they're not doing much because they're just picking off his shield and his helmet. But uh, he just slaughters them all. It's a pretty fun scene, I guess, if you're into that, right? <laughs> if you're into predator. French being killed. Oh, and you know I am. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, most of them only speak French too, which I—that's good. I appreciate it actually. Um, I like detail like that. There's one point. So at one point they they have a conversation, right? Um, Naru and a Frenchman does, uh, Raphael, and they're speaking English at each other because obviously the whole time the Comanche are just speaking English because of filmmaking or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then the Frenchman is speaking English at her with a French accent. I'm like, that's that's very strange to me because it's like. I, I think we're meant to understand, right, that they're speaking Comanche to each other, that that guy knows Comanche, right? Yeah. But why is he speaking then Comanche with a French accent? <laughs> but yeah, it's a little bit weird. But I mean, just a just a movie thing, movie magic, kind of chucking up to can't all be perfect. Uh, but she uh, she gives him some drugs, um, which slow your s- slow your breathing that that is established earlier in the movie, or slow your cool your blood, I guess, um, which is your core temperature. Because the whole point of the predators is that they use that thermal vision, so you kind of look dead when you when you are cold, you know, shivering. Which I thought would come up again, and it it really doesn't. That was it. Doesn't doesn't she eat it before she fights him again, or does she? Not? I don't think she does, because her opening move is to remove his helmet, anyways. That's true, because she like her whole oh, fight. He never has that helmet because she has that really like oh 
if you get cool, right. you can't see me. And then, no, no, I think no, she does eat it when she attacks him the first time when she lures him there with the the old trapper. Oh, which, maybe you're right because she doesn't. Oh, okay, okay. I think she steps right. out of his way and then she gets his helmet off. She, it like doesn't even really see her. That's yeah. right. Okay, that's why. Yep, my bad. Okay, cool. So um, they do that, and then she's got the gun because Raphael taught her how to use the the lock pistol there, and she shoots him in the head. Well, his backs to her. And she takes his helmet, and then she does like a bit of Home Alone in the woods. Oh, her brother dies as well. Her brother does like a final sacrifice because he's like the predator will think I'm the threat, so then you can get away. And she's like, ah, that's that'll be my strength. Is that they've they've all always underestimated me, and I'll rise above. Grr. Yeah, very good. So she does a bit of Home Alone in the woods. She sets up a bunch of traps and things. Um, her dog helps. Her dog's very good. We didn't mention the dog. Her but... dog gets caught in a bear trap with its tail. Not how bear traps work. When, uh, oh, because what would what was putting pressure on it? Yeah, was his tail made of lead? What was in his tail? He was just really excited. It just was wagging. Just real whacked hard. it so hard. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. But I, uh, I did, maybe speaking of the bear trap, I did think the scene was funny when she's like, and then the beaver loses his leg oh, yeah. free, and she's like, no, and then drops a rock. She's like, I'm smarter than a beaver, and I was like, alright, that, that was good. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, get, I'm not gonna put my arm in there. Just a rock. It's gonna use a rock. I'm a person. That was very good, right? Oh yeah. I, I I felt the same way. Well, because at first I was like, ah, she'll use the bear trap to cut the rope. Very good. But then you're like, wait a minute. It, she starts telling the story about the beaver gnawing its leg, off, its arm off, and I was yeah, its leg off, and I was like, jeez, wow, that's wild. All right. <laughs> also, I was gonna be like, well, that's not how bear traps work. They're not supposed to cut. I know they often do in movies, but they really don't. That's not what they're for. Supposed uh, to they really are it. supposed to trap. Yeah. If they if they chop right through your limbs, then they wouldn't be good at trapping you, would they? No, they'd just be good at maiming you. They so. name because bear mames, really. Bear mames, yeah, exactly. So, um, and then at the she uses her tomahawk that's got the rope on it, which is cool that she develops. I don't, I find that questionable. I don't know how if it would be as effective as portrayed. Yeah, she really pulls that thing back with a lot of gusto. I'm like, when she, when she, she grabs, grabs it every it. time, and every time she whips it around, it always lands perfectly into them, like with the blade. And it's like, I don't know, tomahawks aren't really balanced for that. Like she basically just has a rope dart um thing like a meteor hammer whatever they call it um but with it's just a tomahawk with, at the end of a rope and it's like i don't think it's really balanced for that but whatever yeah and then i like when the her they make fun of her like what are you you need a leash for your weapon what are you doing but then later on she uses it to quite good effect <laughs> she kills like four dudes oh yeah she gets some good so she doesn't what they know and they're all dead to the predator aren't they oh well, yeah they're nothing to the predator they're just basically like that uh that dog uh, that bear and so then, um, the culmination is pretty good. She does the, so, oh gosh, I'm not going to be able to remember the name. What's it called, Jack? They have this name, this concept, the whole movie through where they're like, you, you do this hunt. Oh, it's like, okay. ki, kai, kai, I don't know. It's some word in their language that I could not remember how to pronounce. Yeah. You're supposed to have a big hunt where you have to hunt something that's hunting you. And then if you do it, you're a man, maybe? The war chief, maybe? You maybe get to be the war chief? I, like her man. brother does at the beginning. But her brother has presumably already done it, right? I um, thought so, but then he kills a lion and gets the staff, and he's like, "Well, now I'm war chief." I think. Right, right. I'm like, hmm. so I don't know. I feel like she, she well, he he does reveal this later on because at first he's trying to. It's clear, like the whole like I'm gonna be mean to you to try to save you thing, um, right? Where he's right. like, "Oh, you don't know how to do. You didn't do it. You don't. If it wasn't for me, you'd be dead." But then later on, he was like, "Yeah, you almost got him. Um, I only got him because you know you helped." You, you you weakened him because you got him because it's it really does seem like in the movie that she gets him good with the spear right yeah 
So she gets that line, and then he's like, "Yeah, this is your hunt. You're gonna get him because he's in." He tells her that um in the beginning that like when the when the beast comes up to you, you gotta tell it, like you're not moving any further. This is it for you. I'm and get then, you. Yeah, I'm gonna get you. And then at the end, she does that to the predator, and she's like, "This is it. You're not coming any further, asshole." And then he goes to shoot her with his dart thing, but little does he know, she's positioned his laser thing to point exactly at him, and so he shoots himself on the head, and the predator is dead. And then she cuts off his head and is like, I killed it. And all his villagers are like, yay, and not like, what the fuck is that? Just sick ass. Well, they're like, oh, I guess you were right. <laughs> I guess you were, I guess it was an bad. alien? Yeah. And she's got the glowing green blood, which is really cool, because at the end, because like when her brother kills the lion, he does the, he's got the blood all over his face, but when she kills this one, it's predator blood so it's all glowy green it's wild it's probably probably gonna give her like cancer or something radioactive yeah probably being all bioluminescent like that yeah honestly so um i kind of thought i so i guess they didn't really he didn't really get a chance even but i don't know if you're aware of this detail of predators but the predators are um they're really bad losers um if they die if they're dying they um they set off a nuke (laughs) oh shit yeah that's what happens at the end of predator so um, and they had a predator too, except Danny Glover cuts the nuke in half and he gets away. Oh, thank God he cut that nuke in half. Yeah. So they're, they're real shitheads. <laughs> they're real sore losers about it. So much for being honorable hunters. Let me have something so below me. It couldn't possibly fight back even <laughs> if it wanted to. And then if I lose, I'll just kill everyone. So it doesn't even matter. Exactly. They suck. <laughs> they're the worst. <laughs> God, these alien hunters are the worst. Who knew? Uh, yeah. That's uh, yeah. Who knew? I did. I hate him. So, uh, and then, yeah, she gets to bring it back. And they're like, you were right all along. You get to have the big spear now. You're pretty sick. Good luck. So that's pretty good. Yeah. And that's then tight. she's, she, that's her whole life. She did it. She gets to be respected now by the thing. And she's like, we got to leave. There's bad things coming. Um, I do. What did you, what did you take that to mean? Was it the uh, predators the, or the, no, traitors? the traitors. Okay. Yeah. That's probably good enough threat. Right. Cause I mean, if those predators came back, I mean, good on you hunt for hunting one. If two show up, you're done. Well, so, okay, so here's the thing. And this is, okay, this is a weird detail. So I don't know how this all fits in. You ready? So establish that the predators, if you kill a predator, they actually respect that. And they might give you a, a reward. So Ooh. in um, Predator 2 at the end, when, when Danny Glover kills the predator, there's like eight other predators who were there the whole time. And they're like, good on you. You did good. You killed him. Have this gun um, as a token of like your, how good cool. you did, I guess. Um, and it's the same gun that she has. In this movie, huh? So somehow the predators regain possession of that old flintlock pistol. I guess I don't even know what that's about. But yeah, they come by and pick it up when she dies. Like, well, you don't need this anymore. I'll I, take that. I don't know. I really, I could not tell you. But the the pistol that says like Raphael, whatever, seventeen fifteen, is in Predator Two, and they give it to Danny Glover at the end. Was he like, I don't want this. This is this isn't gonna even gonna work. He just kind of takes it. Um, I guess, also, I mean, I guess the big scary aliens hand you something. You're just gonna be like, "Well, I guess I'll take it." Yeah. Also, at the end you. of Batman versus Predator, Batman beats up the Predator, and then the other Predators show up, and they're like, "You did good, Batman." And then the first Predator who failed, um, he commits ritual suicide, and then they give Batman, they present Batman with a sword, and they're like, "Good job, Batman. You did good. See <laughs> you are. You're like the best guy." So I don't know. I don't know what it's about, but uh, that's weird. Yeah. Right. Quite strange, for sure. <laughs> so I think maybe they're kind of setting up a, trying to set up a slight, uh, Predator cinematic universe. Well, I mean they already have. It's a, oh, it's an incredibly convoluted and dumb timeline, and most of the movies aren't worth watching. But yeah, 
that's there, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, hey, it's certainly a film I watched. And it was a, so in um in the old lore they had a they had a comic book I believe that explained how the predator acquired that pistol where he helped Raphael Adelini who was a pirate who was betrayed by his crew and him and the him and the two of them like fought off the mutinous crew and then at the end he was like have my gun predator you're, predator you're you know what you've been a real big help to me in my <laughs> in my mission so you know here here's for you yeah so there it is again i don't we don't know how how that fills in now but there you go what do you want to write this i gosh i i like i really enjoy this movie i really did i don't know um i would probably give it a four on my letterbox i haven't actually done it yet but i probably am gonna i thought it was quite solid and like again it was like really interesting uh direction to take it is like to have a bunch of like 1700s people try to fight the predator um i thought uh what's her name the main actress, her name is Amber Midthunder. Uh, she was really good. I thought her brother was pretty good. Um, they're the only ones who really do much acting, but yeah, I'd probably give it a about a three. I, mean, I liked it well enough. I thought it was a like a, probably above average movie. So, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, definitely, sure. I, definitely worth watching at least once. I'd say. Oh yeah, for sure. Are you all? Are you gonna come out on my limb with me and say it's the best Predator movie ever? It's the best one I've ever seen. It's not bold enough. You're a coward. You have a coward's heart. Yeah, yeah, we know. Coward's heart. We've been over this. We did the we did the segment. We we did it. <laughs> so you uh you want the I can take into your Batman topic or do you wanna wrap it up? What do you think? I we can do the Batman topic. Oh perfect. I did want to do the Batman topic because you were talking to me about it. I hate to waste a topic. That's right. Well, I mean, we could of course talk about uh Batgirl being canceled if you want, but I don't know how much we have to add to that discussion. Uh kind of funny. Gotta be honest, a little funny. It's a little up. Well, I think it's got some broader implications that may be a little upsetting. Um, I mean, I, I also don't think it's funny for like the people who made that movie. Jeff. Oh, no, not at all. It's funny in a very surface level kind of way, but if I think about it for even more when I go, man, those people worked hard in the movie, probably. Like we said, they, they did work hard on it. They probably didn't. They probably tried. I tried real hard. What's her name? Is her name Leslie Grace? I think. She seemed really uh, excited about being in the movie. <laughs> and uh is very she seems very upset and people are sending in credit like the internet sucks man people were if if you go on her um instagram there's like a bunch of people being like aha you suck your movie got canceled a bunch of like snyder fans and stuff just being mean about it man i wonder why you wouldn't want the snyderverse to come back i know Hmm. i know i mean not all snyder fans i guess but like probably all of them though way ho so yeah, no, they suck. <laughs> they mostly suck. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so um, but yeah, it's got some weird implications for like what Discovery intends to do with everything that they bought from Warner Brothers and like why they did that. Maybe yeah. there's like there's all this rumblings about like they might just like get rid of HBO Max, which a lot of people consider to be like one of the best streaming services that they have. I, um, I that'll be a a fucking blow to me. I love and, HBO Max. It's so well, good. And Discovery's whole thing is they just have a bunch of horrible, horrible reality TV. And they just, again, it's like, what was the point of this buyout? Because it, it a lot of people seem to be suggesting that, like, Discovery's just going to be like, ah, well, we, we're a bunch of reality f- fellows. That's what we know. So what if we just did that forever? And fuck all this scripted content. Reality TV is cheaper. Let's just replace it. And it's just like, what the fuck was even the point then? Yeah. So I don't even, it's bizarre. But maybe th- that could all be a little bit of um fear monitoring. Like yeah, uh, slightly. It might not actually turn out to be so grim. It's not. It's not exactly clear what's going to happen here. Um, 
but whatever. My actual topic I want to bring up, um, just a bit of a discussion, a bit of a debate for you and me to have. You ready? Perfect. I saw somebody on Twitter, as I often do, um, who made a point, and I don't know how I, how how agreed I I do with it. What was that? Try that sentence one more time. <laughs> I don't know how much I agree with his opinion, Jack. There we go. Where is it? Where'd it go? Hold on. Give me a second. I swear I had it. Well, it wouldn't be an episode of the Agatite without you being like, I thought I had this somewhere. Hold on. Give me a moment. Exactly. All right. Here it is. <clears throat> Perfect. But basically, the crux of this is, is Batman the mask or is Bruce Wayne the mask? All right. So this, this, this was a, a debate I, I witnessed on Twitter. Um, this guy says, Bruce is the mask, though. Batman is who he's truly been. It's been said countless times. And this guy says, fucking hell, that's not true. Stop quoting the Nolan trilogy and Zack Snyder's Batman. This guy says, no, from comics, the Batman animated series, yeah, it's a Batman thing. Same goes for Hulk. Hulk is the core personality. Bruce Banner is a puppet shell the Hulk sleeps in. Why they can never tr- cure Banner, the panicky, nerdy scientist, is the created personality. Uh, um, so, just about Batman, though. Um, I, don't agree, I don't agree with the Hulk one, though. Because that's... No, that's that's true. That's canon. Is it? Oh, is it canon now? Oh. Yeah. I thought for the longest uh, time that Hulk is created by Bruce. Well, like... Well, I guess I don't know specific. Maybe you're right, specific. But I do know that he's had the the Hulk's been around forever. Like the yeah, the gamma rays didn't actually make Hulk. He was always there. So, kind of yeah, so what I for at least the last Hulk run I read, Immortal Hulk. <laughs> we're getting off, but I I just want to do it real quick for Fidel for my own edification. Uh, it's just that there's like the Devil Hulk, who's like the strongest, and he's the one who was around when Bruce was a kid when his dad would abuse him to like protect him from his dad and that's the and then the gamma ray like the hulk the personality has a gene that absorbs gamma radiation and so when he's in danger when the bomb went off hulk kicks in to save him and then the gamma gene absorbs all the radiation and then he becomes the green hulk and that's why he's big and green but again but again that backstory is from the 80s maybe so god knows how many times they've changed it so who knows his his personality has a different has different genes than him for as, f- as far as I know, yes. But also, the Hulk is us like a an avatar for the one below all, right? Because it's comics. Okay, not what this was about. My dear. right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Back to no, Batman. Good on you. Good on you. So it's about Batman, Jack. So is Batman the mask or is Bruce Wayne the mask? Um, I I, I think Batman's the mask or uh, Bruce Wayne's the mask. I'm sorry. I, I think Batman is who he really is. I'm pretty sure that's been stated. And like. I guess it, it all is kind of a matter of like what what exact perspective you're you're gonna come at it with, right? Right. So I feel like this guy was taken umbrage maybe with the idea that like I don't know, that like Bruce Wayne doesn't exist as a person. And that's not exactly what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But practically speaking, I think Bruce Wayne, the public persona that most people would ever associate with, is an affectation, right? Now yeah. The thing is, is that Bruce Wayne, the man, is actually more like Batman. It's not that, again, that Bruce Wayne doesn't exist or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or that it's, or even that it is like a multiple personality thing as much. It's just that he puts an affectation on. But like Bruce Wayne, when he's interacting with the Bat family or the Justice League or whatever in between missions, when he's not necessarily doing his full on like, oh, I'm spooky, scary Batman. That is just that is just him. I think yeah. that's just his personality. That's how he actually is. He's not putting that on for anyone. Or any reason, that's just how he is. Yeah, I mean that sounds right to me. Sounds about right. I mean, literally in the animated in the Batman Beyond series, when I don't remember who takes over his brain, he's like, "Well, how did you know someone took over your brain?" He's like, "Well, he kept calling me Bruce, and I don't call myself Bruce in my head." 
He's like, what do you oh. call yourself? <laughs> and then he just kind of looks at him, gives him a look, and he's like, you don't actually do that, do you? And obviously the implication is that he calls himself Batman in his own head, right. which is see, insane. An insane yeah. thing to do, but funny. So, well, see, maybe that's like the the kind of thing someone would take umbrage with that I kind of get, right? Yeah, it makes it makes him an insane man, truthfully. That maybe I mean he is definitely probably insane, right? I mean that's the whole yeah. thing. Joker and him, they're both insane, blah blah blah. Yeah, he's the he's the the two prisoners and the light beam and the whatever the killing joke and blah 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 blah. Right, right. But that seems a little excessive to actually call because it's like, does he expect Selena Kyle to call him Batman? <laughs> call me Batman? Are they like having sex? Yeah, she's like, yeah. No, no, I'm not Bruce. Don't call me oh, Bruce. Bruce. Oh, Bruce, you do. No, no, don't hey, no, no, no. Lena, call me, call me, call me Batman. The cowl stays on. But like, I guess I don't see, I don't see how you could really make a good argument for the opposite, right? Because yeah. the royal playboy is absolutely just not who he is at his core. No, he's not a Tony Stark. He's just, he's just a sad little, he's a sad, sad man. And like, I, I again, here's the thing with comic characters, right? I've said this before. I'll say it again. No doubt. They kind of just change on a whim, depending on who's writing them. It happens all the oh, time. Yeah. So, yes, Bruce Wayne, certain char- certain writers are going to write him differently, where, like, that isn't as much. Sometimes Bruce Wayne... Bruce. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Bruce um, Wayne. Sometimes Bruce Wayne is just, like, a stable philanthropist character who's, like, actually getting shit done, and he's an effective CEO. Um, the Dark Knight is honestly a pretty good example of this, so I don't know why this guy came, called it out like that, right? But in uh, Batman Begins in particular, right, there's a sequence where, like, to get everyone out of his his mansion that he's throwing a party at, to because he's got to stop Liam Neeson, he's he does like the whole drunk playboy act, like, oh, get uh, get out of my house, I'm a drunk spoiled asshole, right? Mm. Uh, but then the very end of that same movie, um, one of his the guy who was the CEO of his company in his absence, um, is like underestimates him and then rolls up to like the board meeting and he's like, oh, hello, it's me, Bruce Wayne, I've taken back control of the company because I'm a Suave businessman now. <laughs> and it's like, oh, what? Oh my gosh, who could have foreseen this? Right. Yeah, so, the whole time. so, like, it, it's all about like what role he needs to play to get the job done. But, like, hey, I don't know. It, it seems like every Batman story, time and time again, wants you to believe that, like, Batman is, is what he cares about doing. Like, that's where his priorities lie. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I think the problem where it lies is, is that the um, flanderization of that the fans have and even the as blood into the comics of batman being just the we've talked about this before but being just the, the greatest guy around it's just like he's just kind of like that all the time makes makes anyone else be like i don't know that seems kind of weird which i can understand but obviously as we've talked about isn't really i mean like it or not he is just batman like he's batman for oh, yeah. he's he's bruce batman like he's the batman whatever it is Again, I guess it's just the wording of it. It's it's a it's one of those things where it's a very like concise, you know, like witty way to word it. It's like, oh my god, Batman is the mask. Bruce Wayne is actually the mask. But again, it's not it's not that simple. Like because obviously Bruce Wayne, the human being, like his his life is essential to who he is as an adult, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like the lessons and stuff that he got from his parents are absolutely vital to like his character, right? So you can't. Again, you can't 100% separate them. It's not that Bruce Wayne is totally shut off and everything before he put on the mask is nothing to him. That's not what it is. It's just that the personality that he... Bruce Wayne is the way he acts as Batman. Bruce Wayne isn't a spoiled playboy as well. Yeah. I just... And again, I don't I don't think anything really supports it the other way around. Again, unless that's the argument, but it's hard to word that way, isn't it? It's more witty and clever yeah, to just be like, Bruce Wayne's the mask. He's the mask all along. I mean, I'll, I'll just say, even though there's no prompting, is that uh, Batman is the is the Goku of Western comic fans. Uh, there's no real place to put that in this conversation, but something I believe, and I thought I'd mention it here. 
Oh yeah, he, no, he definitely is. And he's just the but Batman could beat him. Give Batman infinite prep time. Yeah, okay, whatever. Like here's a I got a comic panel here. You ready? Yeah, there's a comic panel here where um. Uh, maybe it's New 52. Uh, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are forming the Justice League. And so they all put their hands on their... Uh, oh, I know this one. Yeah. You know this one? On the Lasso of Truth. And they reveal their secret identities to each other. And he just says and Batman. He just says Batman. <laughs> and he's telling the truth because it's the Lasso of Truth. Yeah. <laughs> so, actually, when he, you know that big chair he sits on? The Morbius chair? Yeah. yeah. When he sits on that chair, does he? what does he tell it? Uh, I don't remember. I know he asked it couple questions and he asks who yeah does it ask i guess maybe does it ask him a question at all let me see if i, can I don't think it does i think he asks it questions because he gains all the knowledge it's like hey what's he up get, he gets all the knowledge and he's like who's the joker and it's three names he goes oh my goodness but then it's revealed in the three jokers run that he always knew who the real joker was the whole time so it's like well, what was the point of the chair if you already knew the whole time he, yeah because he asked the joker's real name and it tells him like three names right yeah and then it's like it's like the the criminal, the clown, and the third guy, oh, the comedian, and there's like a third one. Oh, there they're is. all C's. But then it's just like, oh, it's just the comedian the whole time. It's just the kill, the guy with the killing joke backstory. It was just him. And Batman says, oh, I figured it out like the first time we met. I just didn't say anything. It's like, well, then why did you need the the big the big magic god chair, Batman? If you knew his name, right? Why well, would you do that? Um, but yeah, I just thought that was a fun discussion. You and I could have. It was. I mostly dominated it, so. Sorry if I took anything you were gonna say. Do you have anything to add about about that? Um, no, I think Batman. Yeah. Like, like I think about all things. Batman fans are the worst part about Batman, and they ruin them. Truthfully. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I just I I really don't care where he's coming from. That it's like a myth that's perpetrated by the Nolan and Zack Snyder movies. That's definitely not true. I mean, if you still are of the opinion that it's a it's a wrong take about Batman, that's fine. But again, it's it's popped up repeatedly. Yeah, and like all Batman media. It's a big thing. So, yeah. again, New 52. And I guess, like, you can say, okay, those are colored by it. But, like you said, the animated series, I don't know when the first, very first instance of this specifically would be, but it comes up enough that it's it seems to be a, a commonly accepted aspect of his character. Again, I get that it's not so simple as, like, yes, he needs Selena Kyle to call him Batman. But, like... <laughs> That's who he is. I, I mean, that's just what it comes down to. Again, I, I, he can still be vulnerable with the people he loves, and like, I, obviously, he is he is Bruce Wayne, the child of of Thomas and Martha Wayne, right? He is the father of um, Damian Wayne, and like, that's all real. While also, he still is most closely associates with with being the the crime fighter guy, not the billionaire playboy. So, yeah. all right, well, there it is. Well, there is also also speaking of comic panels. There's one really fucking. There's two ones that really exemplify this like overhyping of Batman. There's like one where the Justice League fights like Darkseid or something, some like non-canon one, where like they're on a campfire and he's like, "I'm gonna go to sleep. I can fall asleep in like seven seconds, but I can be awake just as easily. Just wake me up. I only need 20 minutes of sleep." It's like, all right, dude. Jesus Christ, who wrote? Did a 14 year old write you? <laughs> Good Lord in heaven. And then, See that? Okay. Counter argument, right? Counter argument. I think that one is is like to me sounds like I mean it's it's obviously goofy right, but to me that works better than some of the other absurd stuff Batman can do at like the height of his quote unquote height of his power right, because um, yeah. that seem that sounds like some like weird mystical thing he would have learned in the in the East on his That's travels true. right like something that some some like Buddhist monk could just do whereas when he's like I could beat up Darkseid you're like all right well. <laughs> How much kung fu training got you there, Batman? <laughs> how, like, much, how did how did how did 
Alfred Pennyworth doing chiropractic and you teach you how to fight a god. <laughs> right, right. You know I what mean, I mean? Like, oh, speaking of darkness, another one I hate when they go to Apocalypse to get Supergirl back, and like he sets up all the pits of doom or whatever, and he like bluffs Darkseid, and he's like, "Oh, cool, human." The Kryptonian and the Amazonian could never have done this. It's you humans. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Amazonians live on Earth. They're also kind of humans, man. Also, they can't lie. Superman couldn't lie to you. The epitome of the god of evil. Like what? Dumb. Dumb. You're just a guy. It's dumb. And then there's one where he breaks out of like a mind spell. And the reason is in big letters in his like in his silhouette. It's just I'm Batman. And it's like, all right, I get it. He's Batman. I Oh yeah, that one's ridiculous. I hate that one. Um, yeah. See, okay, I got a, I got a bunch of examples actually. You ready? Um, just just to round us out here. Of this illustrates perfectly the thing I was saying, which is it just depends on the writer. Because after that one where he holds the last retreat and says he's Batman, here's an encounter where um, Superman calls him Batman and he says, "My name is Bruce." And he says, "Wow, I haven't you haven't heard a thing I've said, have you?" Bruce is just a mask, and then he flies off. Um, and there's one where apparently Batman and Bruce are separated somehow hmm. physically. So it says uh, Batman is an emotionless husk where Bruce is just the rage, fury, and no means to channel it. So that's interesting. I don't know how that would work, but all right. Yeah. Uh, here's one where uh, this is writer Chuck Dixon writes that um, he says, I've been so blind all this time. I thought the real Bruce Wayne was that happy child of memory. But now that everything has been stripped away from him, I realize that Mask is not the Bruce. Not at all. I am Bruce Wayne. I always have been. So that one's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, but then there's like another guy who says, John Lewis, who succeeded them, says, I built a number of alternate civilian identities we can step in. We can each step into on 10 minutes notice. Bruce Wayne is disposable. A regrettable casualty in the war that goes on. <laughs> Batman is the only identity that matters. So uh, I mean, Batman's also got that identity that he like made for himself that in case he ever got mind controlled where he's like in a purple suit. No, it's got some weird name. It's like Z something. I'll look it up. Uh, this one says uh, Scott Snyder wrote that Batman can only live if, if Bruce Wayne is brain dead, as in he can't complete any Bruce any brain functions as Bruce Wayne. I don't know what that even really means. What does that mean? I can't tell. I can't really tell what's going on in this. Can't function if he's brain dead. Yeah, I'm not gonna. We don't have to get into it. Uh, but then later on, he he he. Oh, it's the same issue. It says he leaves Julie, I don't know who Julie is, with a brick that signals that he remembered her despite the fact that he should be brain dead as Bruce Wayne and have no memories of her. So I don't know what that means. Um, so it's this guy's this guy who has answered the question on Cora.com says, you see, it's a complete nightmare to try and even pick a consistent trend between the two. I would say, however, the most accurate way of describing it is that both personas are simply masks for a third one. The one I simply call Bruce, which is simply a merge between the two, often characterized the, by the appearance of Batman with his cowl down. And maybe that's the best answer. I kind of like that. that's the best one. Because like I said, it's not that like Batman, when he's out being all angry and growling at criminals to scare them, that isn't him. Like I said, it's when he's hanging out with the Bat family or with like the Justice League. I feel like that's just totally real. He's not putting any affect on, right? So I think that makes perfect sense. It's like Batman with his cowl down, like chilling with the homies back at the crib. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's it. So there you go. I like that. But I just I don't totally agree with the idea that like oh it's a myth it's a it's a made up Snyder myth that as much as I hate Zack Snyder and everything he's ever made I mean as much as it pains me even I gotta be like well we I mean, gotta give him that I mean, I mean also I don't even think that co- I don't think that was even vaguely ever like brought up no it wasn't I mean because because I mean he just hates people as I don't know yeah I don't think that's ever been brought up it's got like he's I mean he only made two movies with the guy so yeah I don't think it ever really comes up other than maybe like. 
the fact that Bruce Wayne in his movies doesn't even live in Wayne Manor. It's like a decrepit ruin. Uh, maybe, but even, it's like, I don't know. What That's a stretch, I think. Right. I don't. And again, like, I think that the Nolan movies do it pretty well, but all right, let's wrap it up here. I think wrap it up. Perfect. It's a bit of a DC topic, bit of a DC topic to end us out here. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can always contact us at Twitter and at Gmail at Akatek Jazz, Akatek J A Z, and on Instagram at The Akatek Podcast. Uh, you can find our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you know the ones. Our logo was done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram and on Redbubble. And our intro was done by a friend of the show, Celery Salt. Uh, you can find him on SoundCloud. Celery Salt, same name. He's got a single with the B-side there now uh, with more plans for more songs in the future, which we will update you when they come out. And as always, uh, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Godspeed.